Hey there, I'm Mike. Some of you know me from the Twisted Cape. Some of you know me because 369, damn girl fine. But regardless of how you know me, you know I love comics, and that's what we talk about on this podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Mike's Big Stack. my thickies welcome to the show everyone recording this week as always at thickness central welcome back to another episode of season two of mike's thick stack we're still looking for some new subscribers on youtube and followers on twitch so follow us there all at the twisted cape no spaces as always we start with the city shout outs thanks to our new friends in falls church virginia for hanging out with us montgomery illinois hey how are you thanks for popping in Welcome back to our friends in Moscow, Russia, as well as our friends in Brussels, Belgium. We got a couple of California friends here in San Francisco and Los Angeles. Thank you so much. And last but certainly not least, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, cradle of motherfucking liberty. Thanks for listening and coming back. And now we're going to hop on over to Mike's Thickometer. Oh, yeah. Mike's Thickometer. So thick I call it Thicky Skaggs. This week clocks in at an 8 out of 10. Man, this, this is a good week. I like it when they're when they're thick like this, and we don't have to really rush through anything. We can just absorb the thickness, wallow in the thickness, if you will. There's a Marvel advantage this week with the books, so we will go ahead and start with the DC books and then come on back to the Marvel stuff. Of course, starting with Action Comics number 1036. I gave this a 3.25 out of 5. Clark and his crew arrive on War World and finally come face-to-face with Mongol. In Tales of Metropolis, Jimmy and Guardian fight dismember. Superman's request for aid has been covered up by the Derlins as Superman and the Authority close in on War World. Clark follows a trail of carnage and bodies to an arena set up by Mongol. Mongol summons his champions and poisons Superman with radiation, sapping his remaining strength. The story ends with Clark preparing to fight Mongol. In Tales of Metropolis, Guardian fights Dismember in the digital space. He wins by using an EMP and gets all the kids back. Pros are the dire stakes of the story as well as Superman feeling outclassed. These are things that don't usually happen with Superman, but now it feels like he really could actually lose. Cons for me are including a Tales of Metropolis story. They aren't fun for me and add very little. I prefer more of the actual Superman story. Next up, we have Future State Gotham number 7, which I gave a 3 out of 5. Jason and Jace fight back against Warmonger and Peacekeeper Red. Jason squares off with Warmonger as Batman frees Dick and Tim from mind control. Jason stops Warmonger and frees Gotham from his telepathic grasp. Jason and Jason become friends and take back the bat signal as Hush seeks to play the Joker as part of his plan. In the backup story, Bruce goes to rescue a bat and return it to its colony. The pros of the presentation that the creative team uses here. I love the black and white, and I also love how well these characters are written. Cons are the use of one page of media coverage. This could have been done otherwise or skipped altogether and just given us more actual story. Next up, we have I Am Batman number 3, at which I gave a 3.25 out of 5. Jace works his way through Fear State while dealing with family drama. Jace feels like he's letting his dad down, aside from all the things he's doing on his own as Batman. A group called the Moral Authority, led by Ezekiel King, storms the jail where Jace's mom is meeting her client, Mars Caulfield. 
Jace shows up and does all he can to rescue his mom, who is shot an attacker as well. As Batman takes down King, Seer invites Batman to come to her. Jace helps his mom calm down as Tyler Arkadine is murdered in prison so he doesn't talk. Probably there are a lot of great action pieces in here. Jace finding a way to grow is also clutch in this issue. Cons are that this issue feels cluttered at times. Fear State should be the overriding theme here and it barely feels connected despite the similar themes. Now we have Joker number 9, which I gave a 3.5 out of 5. Gordon catches up with Joker, and Punchline Harper gets some background. So Gordon travels with Vengeance as Babs and Julia are on a fact-finding mission that links back to Joker. Vengeance gets disabled as Gordon meets up with Joker and Dr. Frederick Baum, who is a part of the group called The Network. Turns out The Network was working on cloning the Joker. Joker is drugged and taken, Baum is killed, and Gordon is stabbed. He's woken by a rage-fueled vengeance, and she leaves him as he calls Oracle and passes out. In Punchline, Harper gets some background on Punchline from one of her old friends. She reveals that Alexis has a list and acted on it after meeting the Joker. Punchline also drugs Orca, who's in the infirmary. Pros are the art and darkness of the story. You genuinely care for Jim as the story develops and want to see him succeed and get thrown when he's stabbed and passes out. The cons are are this punchline story. My eyes roll every single time I pick it up. Next up, we have Justice League, Last Ride. Number seven, I gave this a four out of five. The League ends their conflict with Darkseid. Jean comes back as Green Lantern energy and joins the fight against Darkseid. Hal Jordan reclaims his ring and Bruce takes a kryptonite dagger to the chest for Clark. John saves Bruce while the rest of the league deals with Darkseid. As he tries to run, Hal runs him down and hits him with a bunch of nukes in space, seemingly killing him. Lobo goes on trial, the Trinity reconciles, and Bruce shares his idea to take the Justice League universal. Pros for this are the stakes and the conclusion are excellent here. It seems like Bruce was going to die to save Clark and make right the wrong that he caused earlier by sacrificing John. But bringing them back together is a much better call cons are that it's over i would gladly take more zadarsky on justice league next up we have robin and batman number one of three i gave this a four and a half out of five a story of dick grayson's early days basically it starts with dick dealing with batman's harshness in his pre-robin days bruce and alfred disagree about how to prepare dick for what they're doing he designs the costume to be the antithesis of what batman's costume is after his earliest costume gets destroyed He follows Batman to the sewers on his own in his new costume and comes across Killer Croc. Batman saves him and they go home. Batman reveals that he made a Robin costume, but Dick realizes that he just read his journal, which is seen as a violation of trust. The issue ends with Croc figuring out the colors are the same as the Flying Grayson's colors. Pros are this book rules in almost every way. The use of colors, the story, the emotion just absolutely slays. Cons rely in the, some of the design choices from panel to panel. Croc changes in ways that don't exactly work for me or make sense. Next up, we have Static, number four. I gave this a 3.75 out of five. Virgil gets an upgrade and goes out with his friends against the group trying to capture them all. So Virgil's parents turn back the ATF and then talk to him about staying safe. He goes to his room and uses the tech that he found at Metcalf's storage locker to upgrade what he can do. 
He gets ready to leave, and his sister gives him some more gear with glucose tablets to help him keep his powers going. Static meets his friends, and they short out some power stations near the warehouse that they were staking out. Francis shows up, and he and Virgil fight again, and Virgil takes a ser pretty serious fire blast to the face. Pros are how Virgil is given strength from his friends and family. His inexperience is obvious, but he's brave and inspired. Cons are that Virgil hasn't really done much to learn about his powers. He clearly needs time to adjust before jumping into life-threatening situation after life-threatening situation, but that's the folly of youth, I suppose. Alright, last two books here on the DC side, Titans United number 3, I gave this a 3 out of 5, Connor is taken by Blackfire, while the Titans fight Lady Vic. Connor spends most of the issue strapped to a table in front of Blackfire or fighting her robot lion. Meanwhile, Donna, Red Hood, and Raven track and fight Lady Vic. Two of her bodyguards transform into giant wolves and end up getting teleported to Dick and Gar, who have to fight them now. Donna and Raven have to chase Jason, who's hanging off the back of a plane. Once he catches up to Lady Vic and asks her about her Cadmus friends, she teleports away. Pros are that there's lots of good, fun action in this issue. The art is also quite crisp. The cons are that this issue did nothing to move the narrative truly forward. There's no concrete reason for almost anything in this issue to go down the way that it does. Final book on the DC side here, we have Wonder Woman number 781. I gave this a 3.25 out of 5. There are two stories here, Diana discovering a bunch of Wonder Woman fakes and a trial of the Amazons prelude. Diana tries to catch up with Etta, but of course they're interrupted. Diana goes and makes a nice little threat to Dr. Psycho, and he tries to kill a guy, which Diana promptly saves. Diana and Deadman go to return Siegfried's sword to his resting place. Meanwhile, Steve Trevor gets visited by a homicidal Diana copy, which he disposes of. This ends with Diana and Deadman on a plane flanked by Wonder Woman copies. In the trials prelude, the Bana Migdal do their entry tests and welcome a new sister into their ranks, Ya Asantewa. As they go to celebrate, they are attacked by a giant griffin. Pros are that I love how Diana is looking to reset her life. It's important after being dead. Her supporting cast is always like being with old friends, particularly Etta and Deadman. Cons are how Diana seems to run from people like Steve that she clearly cares for. She should have grown past something like this. Also, these backup stories are starting to get a little irritating for me. Alright, after a quick break, we'll jump back in with the Marvel titles and then bring this sucker on home! Stick around! Hey everyone, Jesse here from the Twisted Cape. If you're a fan of video games like me, and also a fan of the fantastic dude bringing you this podcast, then boy do I have the thing for you. Join Mike on Tuesday nights, and sometimes other nights too when he feels like it, on our Twitch channel at twitch.tv slash thetwistedcape. He plays through all sorts of superhero-related video games for your entertainment. Be sure to also give us a follow on Twitch, and if you're feeling extra generous, go ahead and drop us a subscribe and join in on the chat. And now, enjoy the rest of the episode. Hello, I'm Anthony. And I'm Dr. Issues. And we're hosts of Capes on the Couch, the podcast where comics get counseling. Superheroes don't always get to go home happy. That's where we come in. We offer psychiatric and mental health analysis of comic book characters. So check us out at capesonthecouch.live and across all social media platforms at Capes on the Couch. Hey everyone, Jesse here from the Twisted Cape. I wanted to take a minute to give a huge thank you to all of you that have supported us over the years, both here on Mike's Thick Stack and on the Twistcast. 
If you haven't already, you'd be doing us a huge favor by rating both shows on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you happen to be listening. And while you're dropping us that five-star rating, feel free to drop us a review letting us know what you like about the shows. Your feedback helps us to make the shows as fun as possible. All right, I've wasted enough of your time now. Back to the show. Yeah, and we're back. Jumping in with the Marvel books, starting at Amazing Spider-Man number 78, I gave this a 4 out of 5. Ben deals with his vampire bite and Peter wakes up. Ben fights and runs from Morbius and leads him back to his home. The security system takes over and cuts off the doctor's arm. Ben passes out in Janine's arms and gets whisked away from medical treatment. Speaking of medical treatment, Black Cat sits with Peter as MJ kind of lurks, but Pete starts to wake up. MJ asks Felicia to stay. Meanwhile, Misty and Colleen deal with Morbius while being monitored by Beyond. Photon shows up and destroys the drones monitoring them and gets a quick debrief from Colleen and Misty. Finally, Ben and Janine finally get their little date, but Ben is being stalked by Craven. Pros are how much of this is about Ben, but also his supporting cast. A lot is happening, and it would be easy not to care, but it's written well enough that you do. Sarah Pacelli also does a great job on the art, specifically the stuff around Morbius. Cons are how MJ is behaving in this situation around Pete. It's a little shady, which is unbecoming for her. Next, we have Eternals number 7, which I gave a 3.75 out of 5. Thanos and Druig make moves while the Eternals grapple with their secret. Kingo and Cersei and Thena go to make peace with the Deviants, and it's tough going until Crow retakes his throne. Icarus tries to grapple with the fact that his resurrection caused Toby to die, but is convinced to keep it to himself. Druig tells Thanos that he can become Prime Eternal to be made whole. He becomes Prime Eternal and then immediately kills Druig for retaining a kill switch that he had in secret. Pros are that I love Druig's plans falling apart in an absolutely brutal way. I also like that Icarus is struggling with his new truth. Cons of the Deviant story kind of falls flat for me. Next up, we have Excalibur number 25, which I gave a 3 out of 5. Excalibur goes into action against Merlin and Arthur. Betsy starts out on a date, but has to answer another call to the Citadel. Excalibur plans while Arthur and Merlin do their best to take down the Citadel. Betsy and crew attack Arthur, but end up falling back. Arthur demands a 1v1. 1v1 me, Betsy! Uh, which she wins. Jamie drops an unconscious Saturdine from a dragon. Betsy catches her, but shortly after, they're banished by Merlin to a different realm. When Betsy wakes up, Saturnine is waiting for her and decides to tell her how she took the Citadel in hopes that it gives her an edge up on Merlin and Arthur. Person that I love Arthur and Merlin stuff, but definitely how Betsy just whoops him in battle. Cons are the pacing of the book. It seems to drag instead of being as exciting as it should be. Next up, we have Hellions number 17, which I gave a 2.5 out of 5. The Hellions take on some extremists, but the laws of Krakoa are broken. Quanon seems like she's leaving, but stops when she goes after a rogue orphan maker and nanny. The Hellions reassemble and go after orphan maker, who is racking fools. The team takes on a bunch of mutant-hating extremists as Orphan Maker and Nanny discover that the baby they went to rescue is actually a mutant-hating AI. The baby kills Nanny, which sets Orphan Maker off, and he kills a tons of humans, including cops just doing their job. 
the pros are the fact that I love the violence in this in, in this title. I think it, the brutality is part of its draw. The cons are that the story pieces here aren't really that interesting. I wish it was more consequential, I guess, but it's not. Next up, we have Savage Avengers number 26. I gave this a 3.75 out of 5. The Savage Avengers move to take out Kulin Gath. Gath revels in killing Conan and getting a piece of Kang, who is followed by Gath. The Savage Avengers and Doom lay a lot of pain on Kulin Gath back in the past. They used the dagger that was used to end Shumagorath, but it doesn't have the intended effect, because Gath seems more powerful as this issue ends. The pros are are the art and how sick this book always looks. I also love the hopeless tone of the book. Cons are that I wish we would have some hint Gath could be defeated rather than making him this all-powerful foe, but it's still a good story. Next up we have The Thing number one, which I gave a three out of five. This is the beginning of a classic era Thing story. Ben comes back from fishing and the Baxter building is empty. The next day he sees Alicia with another man causes a public scene including hitting a car after getting maced directly in his eyes as he wakes up in jail with hercules brusque is being born from the entity that seemingly put a curse on ben which hercules recognizes hercules and ben try to jailbreak but reed shows up with their release papers alicia breaks up with ben and then a pixie shows up to help ben find a mate but he goes to sleep ben goes to sleep and in, in a dream he's fully cursed like brusque he wakes up and joins the dating service. He gets a match in the morning with a woman named Amaralis, and he's smitten. It's not long before Brusque interrupts, claiming that she's his. Pros are that I love to see a Thing, who's the most human member of the Fantastic Four, reckon with his emotions. I like the intrigue of the shadowy figure, too. Cons are that even though it's a classic era story, it feels a little outdated, which is kind of like a weird juxtaposition. I wish it didn't, but we'll see how it develops. Next up, we have Venom number one. And this is the last title here that we have to cover on this episode. I gave this a four and a half out of five. Fresh off of the King in Black, Venom gets a new start. Dylan and Venom have seemingly bonded at the start of the book against Eddie's wishes. Eddie is busy being king of symbiotes, but is also neglecting his son. Eddie is given a warning in deep space, and he wakes Dylan up at 2 a.m. to get out of the house. Dylan is woken by Eddie and then is called by Eddie uh, from a different location. There's clearly an imposter walking around. While waiting for Dylan, Eddie has a vision in the hotel and tries to stop Dylan from coming to him, recognizing the danger. Dylan arrives just in time to see his dad get blown up by a paramilitary group. Dylan bonds with Venom and destroys these soldiers who blew up Eddie. Meanwhile, Eddie reconstitutes himself and meets Meridius in his garden at the end of all things. Pros are that I love the two-pronged story that this sets up. One now with Eddie's son and Venom, and one with Eddie dealing with that cosmic bullshit. The creative team kills it here. The cons are that Eddie really hasn't grown enough to be a halfway decent father, despite all that he's gone through. Alright, we're going to hop now into our weekly ranking, which is, of course, my favorite part of the show. There are 16 books here overall, so here's how it shakes out. The first half is Robin and Batman number one, followed by Venom number one, Justice League Last Ride number seven, Amazing Spider-Man number seven, 78, Static number four, Eternals number 7, Savage Avengers number 26, and Joker number 9. 
the bottom half consists of Wonder Woman 781, Action Comics 1036, I Am Batman number 3, Future State Gotham number 7, Thing number 1, Titans United number 3, Excalibur number 25, and rounds out with Hellions number 17. As we start to wrap up, if you want to be on the show, hit us up on Twitter at SpiderMike29 or at the Twisted Cape. Looking at the next week, I'm looking forward to reading Amazing Spider-Man 78.bey. So it's like non-numbered tie-in. Moon Knight number five and Dark Ages number three. On the DC side, I'm looking forward to Robins number one, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow number five, and Nightwing number 86. Follow us on all socials, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, all at the Twisted Cape, no spaces, and a link is in the show notes. We do a weekly show on YouTube, and we stream on Twitch at least once a week. As for all the others, if you follow us, we will follow you in return. If you really like us in our shows, feel free to grab some merch from our Public, which has a link also in the show notes. Feel free to shoot us some feedback on this show to the Twisted Cape at gmail.com, and make sure you use subject line MTS. Thanks for tuning in. So until next time, stop, then wiggle with it. Stay safe, wear a mask, please get that vaccine, and most importantly, stay twisted. Fix that.